You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast, presented by Pat's Pulpit. All right, we are here with another week of the Patriot Nation podcast. Uh, your boy Pat Lane flying solo on the Patriots end this side, but I am lucky enough to be joined by uh, a Bills personality as well. It's Kevin Sari. He works for Cover One, uh, and he also is the host or the co-host of the Going Deep podcast. Uh, thanks for coming on, Kevin. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, Pat. It's definitely a wild week around Bill's land, as everyone could imagine. So, yes. um, you know, some normalcies, not bad for us as fans and podcasters, but uh, really getting into it. And, um, you know, it's just been unprecedented times here. Right, right. And so that's that's the first place to start. I mean, like, you know, that's kind of been the thing that's been on everyone's mind and what everyone's been talking about, uh, and rightfully so, since Monday night. Um, obviously, People saw what happened with Demar Hamlin. Just an absolutely terrifying situation. Something that I've never seen before. Um, somebody was my dad uh, was talking about how you know a, a wide receiver I think in like the sixties or something like that died of a heart attack on the field. Beyond that, it's nothing that really anyone had has had to deal with uh, in in the recent in the recent past, I should say. And so you know, it's something that has that has dominated you know the basically everyone's minds right and obviously we got some pretty good news today on thursday um about that he is you know communicating and responding and asked about whether his team won the game or not i mean just like you know so not not just the fact that you know he's responding to verbal cues but also that he knows where he is he knows who he is he knows what's going on like that stuff to be to be very honest on on tuesday I was not I was not confident we were getting any of that and to and to be getting that stuff is just so great um and it's just it's I think it's just it's fantastic news forget about you know, obviously for Demar Hamlin right but for everyone to to you know who who had him on their minds and had him in their hearts to to get that news today was was awesome yeah it was excellent and um you know for his first written comment to be you know did we win right. uh, it was kind of indicative of his personality and mindset of who he was as an individual was um not that others aren't but he was an amazing right. player in person um off the field and first guy in the room had a lot of energy uh super family oriented just uh, cr- a great person um you know as more people are learning about him he's obviously the bill's young third safety who stepped in for micah hyde early on this season and so many you know many people didn't you know, realize he was pivotal to the Bills defense at times this season yep. as a necessary player. And his story is just furthered by his toy drive that he tried to raise $2,500 before Christmas. Um, and then that gets found out. And now we're at $7.3 million to date um, for that. You know, you had Tom Brady donating. I mean, you had the Ursays, you had you know, Russell Wilson, you know, whomever. I think right. Belichick. So you had just craft too. A, yeah. Yeah. Craft. You just had a litany of of people jump onto this um and what's what's interesting is he signed a four-year 3.6 million dollar rookie deal as a late round draft choice this has doubled his um mm-hmm. his his earnings so i'm imagining it's going to be a wonderful toy drive slash out for his um hometown around the pittsburgh area yeah uh, it's, it's going to be an, an amazing once he realizes the the community rallied for him and across the country not obviously not just buffalo not just cincinnati across the country and the community nfl community as well uh rallied around him fans players uh realized that this was more than just football uh and i think the biggest takeaway from all of this was what happened with the coaching staffs from sean mcdermott to zach taylor in the moment of I guess there's a world where they could have played that game if neither coach said something. Um, right. Uh, we've seen it happen with not this injury, not this specific circumstance, but yeah, ones where people, you know, are, you know, are badly injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so where they continue on. So it's really great that you saw Sean McDermott really say, I can't, I can't coach this game. Like, I don't care. Um, yeah. So it was great that they then called that made the right decisions. Um, and, mm-hmm. 
you know, as we know today, the game is still well, postponed. Right. And that's the thing, you know, when you look at like the NFL is like a steamroller and they just steamroll over everything. And, yep. you know, we're conditioned to see these guys go down and, you know, we're like, yeah, okay, that, that was a terrible injury. And this guy's pat, you know, unconscious on the field. And it's like, okay, that's scary, but like, all right, let's play again. Like, it's, you know, we got to keep going. And, and the, and the, you know, and the train moves on and it's like, okay, you know, the players are on the field and they say a prayer and stuff and then we move on, you know, and it's just like, we've been so conditioned to do that. And in this moment, it was different, right? And you could see it from the players and the players knew right away. Like you could see the look on their faces and, you know, openly crying on the sideline. You just don't see that happen. Um, and of course, it was it was obviously a very different situation than we dealt with. But, you know, you don't know. And of course, Troy Vincent comes out and says, oh, we never said the five minute thing. We never did this. And we never. And that might all be true. I, I don't know. That might be true. And the refs, you know, or, or whomever else. Right. Joe Buck had said it a few times. Joe Buck might just be working off the playbook of what normally happens when there's a bad injury and then there's an ambulance in the field. Typically they give five minutes and then they play again. So maybe he was just thinking, okay, that's what we're doing this time. But you know, it became very clear that, that the teams couldn't get back out there. Um, and so, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things and that, and I think that was a hundred percent the right decision to do. Um, and really, you know, I'm not going to give any credit to the NFL. Maybe the NFL was was behind it, but if I'm if I'm going to give credit to anyone, it's going to be it's going to be the coaches because the coaching staff got together. You know, whenever you see Zach Taylor walk across the field, and that that to me was was awesome because obviously McDermott was there for his guys, and I think the the culture that you build in a locker room is so important. And, and the Patriots have talked about that a little bit, and we'll get into that. But but the culture that you build in a team and, and that and that family aspect, of course, is so important in the game of football. But to see the other coach on the sideline be like, that doesn't feel right. And he yeah. himself walks over and is like, listen, man, like, I don't know what we're doing here, but why the hell are we standing out here? Like, let's go in there, you know? And so of course it's, it's kind of a joint decision and so on and so forth. And, and then they get in there and, you know, there's, there's questions about what's going to happen. And, the, and there's questions about, you know, what are we going to do? And I think ultimately the NFL had to wait. They couldn't just cancel it and have every, you know, and people have talked about that, the logistics of getting everyone out of there, when you thought you had two and a half more hours of game time is obviously a little bit different. So they do have to, you know, make sure everything's in place and stuff to get everyone out of there. But nevertheless, the coaching staff stepping up and saying like, all right, nope, not doing this, you know? And, and I will say, cause dark blue goes mentioning about the Denmark soccer game. And I think that was Erickson uh, that had, that had had the heart attack on the field and, and, uh, and came back and they did play a few hours later. They did get confirmation from him I think from him that he was okay in the, in the hospital before they started playing. I think he still regretted playing again. I think that it was a lot for them and they probably shouldn't have played, but again, a, a little bit different because they do get that confirmation. Whereas no one had any confirmation about anything that was going on here. And in this situation, it was like, how could anyone play that game without knowing what was going on? You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's quite the opposite. There was no confirmation. There was no, you know, but they saw what they saw, right. You know, who knows the traumatic effects we saw T Higgins, uh, at oh, the yeah. hospital the entire time. Um, you know, how can he, he's a physical style receiver. He's big, he's commanding. How can he play his style of football? Not only in that game, but even in the short term, right. um, going forward, you know, he took a lot of heat wrongly. So, crazy. um, yeah. across whether it was media or I guess, Twitter or Instagram or wherever um, took some heat for that. And, you know, Josh Allen just said today, you know, absolutely our thoughts are with uh, T Higgins as well. Uh, he should be getting zero um, yeah. criticism for that being a physical type of receiver. Um, and, you know, it affects the game. It affects it mentally. Does he go in physical, strong, <clears throat> excuse me, head first into a chest again? I don't know. That's a challenging debate on how, you know, how that will further affect the game for right. not only the Bengals, but for anyone across the league. So um, to see that moment and realize this is, this is not a football moment. Like as much as this is a huge game for seating, it's a huge game. Who goes where, what plays where, you know, Cincinnati fans could say, you know, we were in good position early on in the game, um, you know, playing a, a type super great game plan early on. The bills will tell you, you know, they're better later in the game. So, you know, right. you can get into that kind of stuff, but it was great that no one, none of that mattered. 
And right away, um, it was just a simple, like, this is more important in the situation. And um, I, I think the best thing to come out of this is, is Damar's story, who he is as a person, um, um, how wonderful he is in the community, what he's doing back home, what we were able to raise and further the discussion on player safety in general. Did T do anything wrong in that moment? No. But is there player safety things that can be done Right. equipment wise rule wise anything to do anywhere so we are we're focusing on player safety helmet related and that's great we've seen some lapses with tua um yeah. and will we continue to see further advancement of medical benefits and other things when it comes to players post post career um and equipment related issues so there's a lot to consider here um post this and what the nfl probably needs to say to the nfl pa about this situation um but first and foremost was obviously getting confirmation that demar has awoken um and has access to his hands and feet right now um and uh is they say he's neurologically all there by him asking if they won really brings you back to where the play ended um which is which is a great sign that you know he's not you know can remember to that point exactly or close to that point um so there's a lot of really great signs through his doctors and then hopefully they take that further and see if there's anything we can do Uh, and if i was the pa or i was on the pa or even in the league i would want someone to say is this actually something super duper rare do we need to do more testing on us as an athlete's Right. What are you going to do if 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 we do have a condition or if this pad or equipment related or whatever it might rule related? What are in any of these buckets like what are you going to do in any of these? So I think that that brings a super important conversation to this come February, March. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's something that, you know, the NFL. Listen, we the NFL is greedy. And and the fact is, is that every corporation is greedy. That, that's just the truth. I mean, there is no boss in uh, there's not no boss. I shouldn't say no boss. That's that's not true. There's no corporation in the world that is going to do something nice for someone out of the out of the courtesy of their heart. It's just not right. going to happen. So the NFL isn't going to look at it and say, "Yeah, we'll increase player safety because it's really important, and we don't want you know what happened to Demar Hamlin to happen to any." No, they're not. They're going to use that as a negotiation tactic when they're when they're doing their next thing. Now, do I want to say? Do I want to believe that the NFL will do the right thing and you know put it in there no matter what, or or look into this and do further testing no matter what? I do. I just I don't know if if they will or not, and that's the hard part is that you know you try to 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 give these guys the benefit of the doubt, and it's just like you know they take away they take away healthcare and they take away this and they take away that, and it's like man, like you guys are giving their body and soul for the for the game, you know, and and they're not you know this is obviously a very rare case of someone uh, almost dying on the field, but these guys are shortening their lives. They are like that's a hundred percent. They're, they're shortening their lives to go out and play football and you're going to take money away from them, you know, later on down the line. It's just like, that's the stuff for me. Like, I, you know, I don't know. And, and, and so, you know, and, and it's true. And dark blue gold saying too, like the, the PR behind it may force their hand to do it, which is possible. And hopefully it does. Right. But again, it's not on the kindness of their heart. It's because, you know, PR is bad or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, it's tough. It, it's hard. And, and and you hope for change to happen. But change is slow, unfortunately. And especially in, in a big corporation like the NFL, they don't like to change. I mean, they can't get they won't pay for cameras in the end zone, for Christ's sake. You know, we have the Patriots game against against the Raiders. Who knows if the guy scored or not? Sure, it didn't look like he scored, but we don't have a freaking camera that can find that. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. They don't care. They don't want to spend the money on it. So you're talking about spending, you know, an extra $100 million on player safety a year. They're not going to want to do that, you know, and it's just like that's – so hopefully they get forced into doing it, but it just – that's that's the hard part, you know what I mean? So, right. you know, but I yeah, will I say – it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. I think it's an interesting debate because, like – overall do they really care if hunter henry dropped the pass if he didn't do they really right. care if Devonte adams or mac hollins get their feet down in the end zone i don't think so ultimately they don't really care the product's still good everyone's in the up in arms and talking about it right i mean ultimately right. 
it's not bad for them as a unit. Is it bad at an individual individual play? Sure. But is it bad as a unit? Everyone coming together to no, they don't care. Um, right. But I think this is an instance where you got the president involved. I mean, you can't yeah. you, answering if football is violent or not, you know, parents of kids are listening to that and deciding what sports their kids may play in their life. I just don't know that you can avoid this one. Like this isn't catch, no catch. This isn't um, right. like an instance of, you know, even a, whether they did the right thing with Tua, uh, you know, there's still conjecture and there's still subjective. Did the dolphins miss, lead anybody did the league mislead anybody you know there we really don't know about the about those kind of things but when it comes to this situation there was nothing to be misled we all saw it with our own eyes we all heard about the situation they need to do better as a league to make sure like they did great by the way shout out to the paramedics who absolutely saved Mm -hmm. the bill's assistant training manager uh who you know many rungs above him i believe uh he was the one that actually saved the life of demar hamlin uh, on the field uh in, a, in an unprecedented situation um yeah. so you know absolutely shout out to him and for doing so um and that part of the protocol worked wonderfully based on the doctors based on everybody that that emergency situation uh was was ran to to perfection in in a way of limited time um and cardiac arrest. So all of that led to better outcomes. However, we need to have that style of response when it comes to player safety, when it comes to rules, when it comes to, yeah, I mean, even, you know, you can trickle it all the way down to like, yeah, we're not buying the best product with cameras and stuff, but when it comes to player safety, I don't right. think they can avoid this topic. I just don't see any way around them saying something like, well, we'll research and we'll get back to you in four years. We'll let you know what we find right. over the next. This is a rare right. thing. I don't think they're going to be able to get away with that. They're going to either have to come with some concrete data or they're going to have to say something along the lines of what they're doing to better um, these situations and the the way that this looks. I mean, quite frankly, we were all you know distraught. You can't have a product that makes people that distraught. So they got to figure out where where the protocol needs to lie, because, yes, they're still king. Yes, you saw that what everyone was able to do generating the the funds and how many people were talking about this who didn't even like football or, or, or know who anybody was on the Bills uh, or Bengals. And they're still asking about the scenarios. So it does get a lot of reach. But at some point, they need to stay on top and they need to do right by player safety and make sure that like they know what happened here and they have a plan to ever prevent a safety and or a, a receiver from this type of interaction ever again. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, and that player that uh, the assistant trainer there was uh, Denny Kenning Kellington, which I'm sure you know. But I want to the uh, for any of the listeners out there that haven't haven't heard, that's the guy's name, who literally and they say like, and they don't know for sure, but it seems like you know, in these types of situations, literally seconds makes the difference. You know, the fact that he started so quickly afterwards, the fact that he started CPR so quickly, may have saved his life. You know, and we don't know that for sure, but it may have. And, and you know, it's something that I'm going to look into because I'm not CPR trained, but it's something that I'm going to look into because I'm a teacher and I'm surrounded by a ton of kids. And what it, God forbid, what if something happened? Well, if I'm CPR trained now, I can administer CPR if I had to, right? That might save someone's life as opposed to me calling the nurse and the nurse running up. Like, you know, that it could, it could save someone's life to do that. And so, you know, I urge you, if you're not CPR trained to look into it, I'm looking into it right now to see if I can get trained somewhere. Cause I think it's a, it's a fairly quick thing. Um, and so, you know, so we'll go from there. Hopefully. Yeah, no, it's a good point at the know. very least to take away from everything that's happened here, the, the, the right. value in the proposition of knowing CPR and being able to do so. Like even, you know, in any situation, a chair backs in and hits a kid and you never know, like you just never know these situations. Right. You wouldn't have expected this to happen. Um, and these are trained pro athletes and it's the right millisecond at the right time, the right impact, the right shock. Um, and you get a scenario like this. Um, and But you're absolutely right. Like CPR is, the, is just a wonderful thing to know. And you can s- literally save somebody's life by you know, making, making that determination, learning that skill and being able to do it. Like you said, I think you can even take virtual classes. Now it's different than maybe we, we were back in the nineties, eighties. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. So, and I do think I, I love the response by the rest of the NFL. And you mentioned obviously his toy drive and how much money they've raised and you've seen everyone around the league do it. And you've seen organizations and individual players, Mac Jones and Marcus Jones, and a ton of the, a ton of the Patriots players have, have donated money to it, which I think is great. It's a great thing to see. 
Uh, and I just think that the Patriots, and of course, we're a Patriots show, so we're going to talk a little bit more Patriots-centric yeah, here. I just sure. think that what the Patriots have done here is great. And the fact that, you know, when people talk about, and, and I love, so Matthew Slater today, he said, you know, people paint, people like to paint Bill as being this emotionless guy. This week, I've certainly seen the passion and empathy, his concern for DeMar, his concern for how our players are processing this. He's been very compassionate. And there's been a lot of that talk about, and Slater is a very spiritual guy. Bill asked him to lead the team in prayer this week. Uh, and I just think that that's some of that stuff where, you know, back in 2020, when we were talking about social change and all these things, he was kind of on the forefront of that. And, and you know, Devin McCourty was very open talking about how, you know, we sit down and we talk about these things and we discuss them and we're very open with each other. And I think that having that dialogue open is so important. And we don't see that a lot from Belichick because he doesn't give any of that to the media. But when you talk to people about how the team operates and what the team does to have that culture. And, you know, and we talked about it with McDermott. Like, I just think, I think that he's done such a great job of building the team as like a family, right? And he's kind of the leader of that and he runs that. And and Belichick maybe is a little, it's funny because McDermott's kind of has that gruff exterior as well, but he has that same like yeah. we're a family, right? And you can see it. You could see the the players in the field that how how concerned they were for for this kid who had only been there for a year and a half, right? And so He's one of the family, right? And so I think that building that culture is so important to your team. And I think that really separates some of the teams from, you know, from some of the others. And and look, I mean, you know, I just think when you have the right leader in place, that makes such a difference, right? And the Patriots, you know, people talk have been talking crap about Belichick for the last few years because he hasn't had Brady and so on and so forth. But I think there's no doubt that he's still the right leader. And I think, I think anyone that with a brain that has been watching the bills for the last few years knows that McDermott's the right guy as well. And, and it, things haven't been perfect, nope. but like, I think you can tell that they, how much they respect him and how much they care about him and how, how the culture has changed in Buffalo. Buffalo was a revolving door of players and coaches and quarterbacks. And, and it's not that anymore, you know, and, and, and that obviously Josh Allen helps quite a bit. Yeah. Right. But like, but that starts with the coach. You have to have the quarterback, I think, you know, but but that starts with the coach. And I think that cultural shift, that change has really, really made an impact. And, you know, it's great to see. I mean, guys, and then, of course, it matters the guys in your team, right? Devin yeah, McCourty, 100%. Matthew Slater, those guys are, you know, high character guys. I mean, Stephon Diggs taking an Uber to the, to the hospital and, like, no cameras. No, he's not, you know, he doesn't want any publicity. And the cop won't even let him in. And some ESPN reporter had to be like, bro, that's Stephon Diggs. Like, let him in, would you? Like, you know, right. and and like just the fact that those guys care so much and are there and are will like it it matters. Like having high character guys matters and having that culture makes a big difference, you know? Yeah, I think you see it, you know, there's obviously football ramifications of it. Like, yeah, you mentioned you said it great. Like when it comes to Sean McDermott, he's a perfect culture guy to an annoying level, right? To yeah. people who are like that's annoying. He's just saying that, but he actually, you know, had actions to his words of, you know, a lot of, you know, there's cynical bills fans are like, he's just saying these things. This is not how he actually feels. Um, this is just a shtick. Um, but you see right away that he absolutely practices what he preaches. You saw the dismay in his eyes. You can't make it up. You can't act in that situation. In my opinion. Right. Um, I think it would have spoke volumes of if he didn't have that attitude, um, but oh, yeah. he did. And yeah. Uh, like you said, sure, it's not, it hasn't been perfect. You can go back to, you're talking football, you can go back to 13 seconds. That needed to be different. The way they defended that needed to be different, but that just doesn't, it's all secondary. It just doesn't really matter um, in these instances of what this matters, right? Life, right. Um, family, culture, to the point where, you know, you have Von Miller calling to play in your team because he knows, like, I can go win one there. I like the culture. I like Stefan Diggs. I've heard wonderful things. I like Josh Allen. You have this to the point where you can trickle this on down into football decisions now when you have draft picks wanting to play there um, because, um, you know, A, you're the better version of yourself. You have players talking about like this culture. It's like I went to Miami, I went to New York, and nothing matched to where I was here, Shaq, you know, Shaq Lawson's words uh, when I was here um, in, in Buffalo. And Jordan Phillips has said the same uh, when he went on and tried uh, Arizona out for a little while. So the matter of fact is, 
He builds a, a, a tight knit community. He knows how to do it. He looks for certain players um, and the bills have had to go through a litany of issues here in the community from the mass shooting in a, in a supermarket yeah. in May, uh, terrible, tragic, um, uh, terroristic uh, action. And then you have all the way down to Matt Arise's situation where they just said, I'm not even sticking around for this. I don't care about anything. That's, that's not our, that's not our um, traits. So they had to move on from that. You know, they've had a litany of injuries from, you know, their key leaders, Von Miller and Micah Hyde, two huge leaders in the Bills yeah. defensive rooms to, to do this, this culture thing we're talking about. Uh, they had to kind of rebound from those situations Two storms, one that relocated a Bills game, the other that lost 40 people um, in it from the, the, the brutal cold and people just stuck in cars. You had people knocking cars out, like knocking windows out to bring people into a school um, yeah. actually we're sending one to the game bills Patriots game who actually did a heroic event, saved like 40 people, um, that were stuck in their cars and, and broke into a school. Um, oh, that and, story was awesome. Are you guys, um, who's sending yeah, them to the game? Is the bills? Yeah, sending them to the game? No, we are at cover one. So I'm that's so to the game, awesome. Um, this weekend to, to, to be there for that, you know, cause just, that's great. Um, he, that he story lives. was, that story was amazing. That was like, yeah. I think that was my favorite story out of the, out of the school. And the note that he wrote was so nice. Like, just yeah, oh, it was awesome. It was great. Yeah, we call him Merry Christmas, Jay, because that's what the end of his note said. That's right. Yeah. Um, so you know, spent Christmas in there. So like all these, and then we had a bad, really bad house fire that lost five children in it. Um, so like we've had a litany since since really since the spring of of incidences of just total. They're they're battle trained in this. Their culture's huge. Um, they'll say they hang out with each other at their houses. This isn't something they go to the, you know, bars and clubs and restaurants alone. And with other friends, they do it all together and they celebrate together and their coaching staff just is involved. They bought Chad Hall, the receivers coach, a huge truck a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so these are things that uh, the culture has built and Sean McDermott is irreplaceable mm -hmm. in leading this, this team, regardless of his record, which is still good. Um, yeah one of the best ever actually. Um, so when it all comes then obviously you had Josh Allen in and his one of the best records to start a career too. So that does help, but it right. doesn't matter because the culture side of it is right. There's no reason to ever question timeout usage or, or, or challenges or right. um, whatever, because you know, you have the right man leading the team to build this culture in situations like this, like the Mar Hamlin situation. And um, I just think that, when this like we get through it more and we start watching football again and hopefully great news continues to come out from DeMar Hamlin and you see a medical facility in Cincinnati uh, that you see that, that Sean McDermott's a culture you want to build for your team, whether it's Brian Dayball in New York or other coaches that continue do the right thing. And the bills will be an attractive spot for rookies and free agents um, as always. Uh, so there's just so many ripple effects of this. And the number one ripple effect is we hope that, anyone would have acted like this in these situations and that right. every, every room is more prepared now for these situations uh, because once we thought it would never happen, well, now we have to take a look in the mirror and make sure like we're really on top of the situations. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's, you know, I, I think, you know, Zach, uh, Zach Taylor talked about, you know, he walks across the field and the first thing McDermott said was like, I shouldn't be here. I should be at the hospital with him. Like that's, that's real. He's not lying to Zach Taylor when he says that. And Zach Taylor is not saying something to, you know, to, that's, that's real. And, and I think that that makes a difference. And, you know, Belichick, of course, had a great record with, with Tom Brady. So that mm -hmm. obviously matters. Mm -hmm. Players and Belichick says it all the time. Players play. Players play. Like that's, you know, he said, I have all these wins because I've been fortunate to coach great players. Like he will never take the credit for himself because he understands that as important as coaching is, Players are more important. However, having a culture in place that has your team bond as a family and as a team, holds each other accountable, and loves and respects each other, that makes a difference. And anyone that doesn't think it makes a difference is crazy. And so, of course, the stuff on the field matters. Of course it does. But if your coach is good enough on the field, then that other stuff, that culture part of it is is just as important. And I think that, you know, I think, yeah, it's one of those things that if I'm the Bills, I'm holding on tight to Sean McDermott and saying, like, this is it. This is the guy. Like, we're not going anywhere. We're all set. And, you know, almost like a – like a now, of course, Belichick's won six Super Bowls with the Patriots, so it's like obviously his lifetime contract. But if he continues to have the success that he has, like, 
it's basically like, hey, this is the guy. Like, we're not. What do we want us to do? Like, this is the guy forever. So, um, you know, I think I think that that's that's good for the Bills. So, all right. So let's get into. I think we've I think we've we've yeah. covered a lot here. So let's let's just get into the game super quick. Okay, there is a game being played on Sunday still. The Patriots are playing the, the Bills. It's still a big game for the Patriots. Not so big for the Bills. Doesn't really matter. I've seeding a little bit matters, but it doesn't really make a difference. Seems yeah. like that Bengals game's not going to get played. Um, and if that's the case, it's impossible for the Bills to catch the Chiefs. So they can't get to the one seed, which I think if you asked any of the Bills fan, any of the Bills players, they'd be totally fine with that. They don't care. Like, we don't want to play that game. We're not, you know, whatever. So um, I think they they're they're happy with the decision, even if it means they don't get the one seed. So um, but from the Patriots perspective, of course, they need to win to get in the playoffs. Um and so, you know, and there 100%. is a way for them to get in, of course, like they could lose and a few other teams could lose too. And then they could get in, you know, back in kind of, um, but I think it's interesting. And we were talking about it a little bit off air, but you know, you don't know what you're going to get from the bills this week. And the Patriots have said too, it's been a different week for them as well. But of course it's, it's been a lot more different for the bills than it has for the Patriots. And so I think, you know, I think you're going to get one of three things are going to happen for the bills. Either they're going to show up and they're going to be their regular normal bills team. Either you're going to get an absolute, like, you know, they're playing for DeMar, they're going to be at 1,000, and they're going to beat the Patriots 97 to nothing. Or, you know, they're going to be unfocused, and, you know, and really their minds will be somewhere else, and they'll be they'll be sloppy, and they won't be as good as they normally are. And then in that case, I think you get a chance, you know, if you're the Patriots. But it's hard to know which one you're going to get from the bills. I think any three of those would be certainly understandable that you would understand. And you can, you can easily see that happening uh, for, for any of those three. And so, you know, I'm not really sure. What, what do you, what do you expect, I guess, on Sunday? It's a tough question because I think you can see a little bit across any of those, a bunch of scenarios playing out. And it's been hard for us to kind of digest as we kind of look at the football side of like how this is going to play a role if something like Kansas city was to lose Saturday against Las Vegas, yeah. um, that gives the bills a jolt for the one That's seed. Yep. And, and I think that that might be the last straw to push that toward the super Saiyan bills being able to play for the one seed. Now with everything going on, I think that that might be enough to push that forward uh, into a stratosphere of getting the good side of the bills. Now let's say Kansas city wins, I think we'll hear something in the next 24, 48 hours on the exact rules around this. If it's just straight up win percentage, that might not be enough to see the number one best Bills team you've ever seen in your life. I do think that football wise, what they, their goal is to go in super hot in the 10 minutes they played against the Bengals, which the Bills historically DVOA wise, the worst in the first quarter, right? So the Bills adjust. And they let you show you your best plays. You saw a great play from New England in the first time these two matched up uh, uh, with Jones taking it to the house. Right. Um, the, the Bills adjusted from there. That's what they do against everybody, whether it's the Bears and Justin Fields scoring on his first drive or the Bengals uh, with with Tyler Boyd scoring on his first drive. The Bills adjust and then we'll stay, they got caught in a couple run blitzes early on in the game. No harm, no foul for them because they will stop run blitzing. Simple as that and drop into more of a shell, um, which – I plan on seeing probably after that play, I would have planned on seeing the bills doing. Um, so the bills want to put out the situation to where they saw the Bengals and how good they, they, they can be. I think the two C could matter. It still could matter enough to them to yeah. say like, we want this game in Buffalo next time. We want them to come to have to play in our weather, in our elements, in our situation, in our house, that could matter enough to the bills to actually see the number one style of bills team against the Patriots. Uh, in this situation though you're right you could see some situation to where they don't really care they really still want the week off they'd rather take a semi buy especially if if vegas doesn't win um and they're like you know it's probably better for our mental state and our physical state to not go all out probably match up with the patriots again um so what what are we going to show them to this week we don't really want to show them anything um especially if in this chief scenario so I tend to think you'll see the number one bills. I think they'll rally. I think that this is huge. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. I think the two seeds pretty important, Um, but it doesn't, wouldn't shock me to see a different variation. Um, I don't think you'll see something crazy with backup players or anything. I don't, anything's possible to where they could say, you know what, we're going to roll out case Keenum and, and, 
uh, Taiwan Jones and, and practice squad receivers, I guess. I mean, I guess that's conceivable. Um, there is a world that that could exist in. Uh, but I think more you'll see Josh Allen wanting to play for DeMar and the rest of the season. They said this made them ironclad to the situation. So obviously the Bills have a lot to play for um, and show him that, you know, what he did for this team is going to be rewarded um, yeah. in terms of the, the, all the energy and effort that DeMar Hamlin brought on a day-to-day basis prior to this. So um, I think you'll see that, but I, I, it is in the back of my mind and wouldn't be shocked, totally shocked to see a different mental state from the Bills. But I think they'll want to honor their brother and their teammate by by playing the best way possible. And it just happens to be the Patriots in this situation um, that it, are playing for their playoff lives. But there's still something to say if Kansas City does does win that maybe they're like, you know, we're, we, we have a good chance to match up against New England anyways. Let's not show them anything. Um, them winning or not doesn't really affect us too much. So uh, th- there, there is a world that I guess that 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 could happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I will say Dark Blue Gold said it too, and I, I'll say it as well. But, I mean, it's the Patriots. It, yeah. It's it's like the Patriots on Jets week. Like, they they just want to beat the Jets. And the Bills just want to beat the Patriots, and they want to beat them by 100 every week, right? You're right. And so, so I so think there's that, part of that. You're right. Right. You're right. It's not right. the Jags coming into town. So you're that's right. right. That's right. You could you could easily see a letdown game if it were the Jags or even, you know, even the Jets or the Dolphins. Like, it's kind of like, OK, whatever. Like, you know, obviously the division rivals It's the Patriots, though, like beating the Patriots is always a good thing. Right. And and if you know, if you're a Bills fan, you know, and so I got a question for you, Pat. I'm, I'll, I'll yes. Later. And it's just an interesting scenario. One, I, I suggested or the Bills play 10 men. Um, to start their defensive series against mm-hmm. the Patriots because DeMar Hamlin's are starting safety. I don't think there's a better way to pay homage to him than that, um, than his spot being there for him. Yeah. What would the Patriots do in that situation? So I do, I wonder, and they did this um, in the Mississippi State game, and we've seen it done a hundred times before, yeah. and I think it would be really cool for the Patriots to come out with 10 guys as well mm-hmm. uh, and not run a play, take a delay a game, and then the Bills refuse the the delay game yeah. penalty, and then and then the game that would be the starts. ideal scenario. Yeah. I think that that would be really cool. It would be a way to honor him without, you know, playing playing an actual play with only ten players, um, you know. And so I think that that would be, um, that would be pretty cool. Dark will go. I don't okay. think it can be three three on three a whole game, but that would be a cool thing <laughs> to do. Too bad his number is not like eleven. You know what I mean? But but no. But I think I do think that that could be. That could be interesting things to do. I wonder what the Patriots are going to do when they show up, if they're going to be wearing some sort of shirt, if they're going to have some sort of decal on their helmet. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but I do think, you know, just just based on the way the league has been run and everyone's been talking about it this week, you have to think that something like that is going to happen this week because I think that would be really cool for the Bills to come out. And, you know, assuming the Bills win the toss and, you know, and the Patriots get the ball to start. Um, I think that would be an awesome thing to see. It, it, both teams come out with ten guys, and you know, take the delay game penalty. The Bills, you know, the Bills obviously refuse the penalty, and then the crowd goes nuts for however long, and then and then the game starts. You know, so I yeah. think that would be a really cool way to do it. And even if the Bills have the ball first, you know, regardless, I, I think that that could be a thing that McDermott and, and and Belichick talk about beforehand. Like, hey, let's let's just spend a second honoring this kid before before the game starts. You know, I think that would be huge for the sport. Um, yeah. everyone to be tuned in for it. I mean, I still had people like I, you know, tweeted, I saw people in my mentions like Belichick's going to go deep. And I'm like, I just don't see it. I just don't see that scenario. I just don't see anyone taking advantage of this situation. Um, no, people- I mean, listen, he's going to, he's going to game plan it and he's going to know that you're on your fourth safety now. And so that he's going to well, try to use course. that to his sure. advantage, of course. But like, it's not like they're going to run out with 10 guys and Belichick's going to say, Oh, well you, you got one less guy up there. So we're going to try to take advantage. Of it. I just, I can't imagine he the thing about Belichick is that he is such a fan of the game. He's such a historical fan of the game and he right. respects and, the game so much. And the rule, that, like the unwritten rules, like ba- yes. I know he's a big baseball guy. Right. Uh, just like the unwritten rules of like respect in the game. Right. And like, right. I just, yeah, no. I don't see him. I think it would be more of like a younger aggressive coach. Like, I don't know. I don't want to throw names, but that no, would be I know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't think it would be Belichick in that situation, regardless yeah. of the stakes. Like, look, the penalties decline, you just play it. Like you just, right. play, or you just right. play. And that's one of those things that they discuss like, beforehand anyways. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, we're both going to come. And even if, even if the bills just come out with 10 and the Patriots say, no, we'll play with 11 or whatever. 
fine, whatever, you know, but you still take the delay game penalty and and then, you know, and then they, they decline it and you go from there. So right. I think that that would be a great way to do it. I hadn't really even thought about that, um, but I know it's been done before. I think that would be really cool um, yeah. for both teams. I think it would be a powerful moment and, for the situation. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I think Bills fans would worry that Belichick would take advantage in that situation. I'm just like, I don't see anyone taking advantage right. in that situation. Well, I mean, Bill, you know, was their was their nightmare for 20 years. So, I mean, right. you can't really blame them for <laughs> Right. You know I mean? Yeah. Because there's so, no, it's re- literally like no harm, no foul. Like there's no right. reason for him to, to, to. Well, and that's the thing. And like I say, you know, you talk about the respect and I think that the Patriots, I think honestly, it's one of those things where when you talk about the brotherhood, you know, the NFL brotherhood, yeah, the players on your team would be pissed at you. Like if they're going to try to try to honor their, honor their, their fallen teammate, and you're going to try to like, get something over on them when you do it. Like what the hell is that? That's garbage. You know what I mean? So I think the players would be pissed about him doing that too. So I think that they would be a hundred percent on board with trying to recognize him in some way before the game starts. Awesome. Yeah. No, I just wanted to ask you that to see your thoughts. I'll ask Mark Schofield later as well. I'm just interested to know like what you think of that scenario. Uh, And uh, um, I think some Bills fans are still so like in their own world of like, (laughs) Why right. would anyone disrespect this moment? I don't. I don't know why. Yeah. No. That. Well, the, like, you know, I mean, the like I say, the Patriots are the are the big are true. the big bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so true. they they view that, and and a lot of people hate Belichick and think Belichick is this you know mean, decrepit old guy. And it's like that's not really who he is. Like you know, he's he's not the most fun guy with the media. But as you know, as was pointed out by multiple players, and it gets talked about by. You know, a bunch of guys. Edelman will talk about it all the time. People talk about it all the time how he's mm-hmm. a funny guy, you know, and in, and enjoys it. But also, he loves the game. He doesn't give answers about uh, about like game plan stuff that's going Neither on. Sean McDermott, though, right? So, like, he got up in front of the he got up in front of the media today. Belichick got up in front of the media today, and before he answered any questions, he talked for almost ten minutes about Demar Hamlin and the situation and what's going on. He went on and on and on and on for almost ten minutes uninterrupted just talking about it and that's the type of stuff you know he doesn't give game plan stuff but he is an open book when it comes to if you want to ask him about the history of left-footed punters as opposed to right-footed punters he'll talk for 10 minutes about that you know what i mean so so he loves that type of stuff and so yeah he's not going to give any game plan stuff like okay you know, but, but I want to I'm one of those know. Bills fans that have zero problem with Bill Belichick. I mean, just because he had a great combo, just like hopefully maybe someday the Bills, you know, McDermott Allen will have. Obviously, I don't right. know if anyone can replicate the Patriots success, but we'll have some form of success that envies other franchises. Right. You know, in 10, right. 15 years from now, you know, Mahomes and uh, Andy mm-hmm. Reid, too, you yeah. know, to some level, if they're growing, you know, they need to win another one. But growing in, in their in their skill set, too. Right. But like, yeah. I don't have any problems about I don't. Sure, there's been times there's some certain Patriots teams that run you yeah. run you a certain way, but I mean by by and large, like you know, Tom Brady's still in the same way. Like right. I mean, it's the nature, it's the nature of the beast, right? Like if if it's your rival, of course you're gonna be like he won more games you, in Buffalo than anyone I mean? before Josh Allen. So like right. of course Bulls fans are gonna feel feel a <laughs> right. certain way. Right. Uh so yeah. it's it's it is what it is, but it's I don't I, I would totally envision Belichick being on board with, with yeah. that style of- and I think that would be I think that would be an awesome and what the hell was that? I think that would be an awesome idea uh for uh you know for for the for the beginning of the game so um but you know we'll see what we'll see what happens but i think that would be really cool and um and i think the patriots would be 100 percent on board with that so um so that would be great all right well kevin i'm gonna let you go man we, we've been we've been talking significantly longer than i thought and it's great i think we had a great conversation i thought we covered a lot of things and again you know when it says it on on the, on the title here it's bigger than football right it's bigger than football and i think that we learned that this week and i think that you know, from everyone, right? Where where you just it just stops mattering, right? We care about football so much, and we care about the playoffs, and we care about our teams. We care, and then that moment happened, and everyone was just kind of like, okay, like whatever, like you know. And, and I think I said it on Monday night, like they need to suspend the game. And like, when are they going to make it up? I don't know, but like, it doesn't matter right now. Like, what they you know they need to do the right thing and just and just get out of there. And, you know, and now we're at the p- position where it looks like they're just going to not play that game uh, and have the Bills and 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 uh, and Bengals just play 16 games this season instead of 17. And, like, so what? It just doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. And maybe that will impact the seeding a little bit. And it's like, but so it doesn't, like, 
Why yeah, ultimately it hurts you know the Bills, like, so you can't say they benefited. Ultimately, the Bengals, you can't say they benefited. The Chiefs right. benefited. Like that's right. we can say it. That's what happened. Yep. Who can complain other than the Bills? I mean, right. I, it, right. It's so when I think I think when you talk about a situation like this, right? And not that this would happen, but I think when you look to the leadership again, if the Bengals really, really push back on it and really were like, this is screwing us over. And they really like were like, hey, we're playing this game. The Bills, I guess, could have turned around and forfeited the game, but the Bengals could have forced their hand to play. And I think everyone associated realized like this is not this is just not that important. You know, like, let's get out of here. We're in the playoffs anyways. If they suspend the game or give us both ties, whatever the case may be, we're going to clinch the North anyways. So maybe with the three instead of the two, like it is what it is. You know what I mean? Maybe with the two, you know, maybe with the two instead of the one in the Bills case, like, so what? If, the, if the Chiefs lose this weekend, like you could see some element from both teams, like caring a little bit more. Right. If they right. don't, there's literally no discussion to be had because Correct. like, I yeah, because it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. And so they'll feel some type of way when the rematch game is in Buffalo, though. I'm assuming like the the fans will then all of a sudden you will start to hear a little trickling of like, well, we were up and uh, these scenarios were uh, of that in in nine minutes. But you're going to hear not like Minnesota (laughs) didn't come back down 33 or anything. Right. Um, uh, right, like yeah. you'd hear these moments of that. I think that might trickle its way as football gets back to normalcy. Of course, um, yeah, of course. Um, but ultimately, like it hurts both teams a little bit. I don't think either team, either way, would want to win out of this scenario for not playing the game. Correct. It's just not a good look. You, you, no one would like your franchise. Like you would probably lose casual fans and or other oh, yeah. teams rooting for you. It's 100%. just not a good enough to 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 take advantage of a scenario like that. And Joe right. Burrow would be the first. Not that anyone would, but they'd be the first to to not like, want this yeah. type of win. If the game doesn't get played, it's a no contest, and then we're going to go to whatever they roll out within 48 hours here on what these no contest rules are going to look like. Is it just straight up win percentage? Is Kansas City going to be able to chip, pick between the buy and um, well, home field? Heard that too, right? Um, yep. That's an example. They could pick the, their their first choice. The Bills would take whatever's next. Um, is it the loss column, which would technically in a way reward both teams for winning that game. So there's, there's a ton of litany of, of, of answers that could happen in this scenario. And someone's going to be upset. I mean, but like we move on and if you really have the best player in Mahomes, like play a road playoff game that like, like literally like stop complaining. Like no one, no one won in this situation. No. Well, and that's, and that's the thing. I mean, you've seen things thrown out about the, you know, they'll throw an extra playoff team in to make eight playoff teams, which that one doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you do that? That doesn't impact the bottom half of the wild card. What difference does that make? I think it, gives them their revenue back in return and makes Kansas city play. No, one I guess has a buy, uh, I guess Miami and new England make, it would help you. Um, <laughs> well, it certainly would. It certainly would. Uh, yeah. I think it would almost clinch you almost even losing. Um, well, Pittsburgh or New York or Pittsburgh or Miami would have to lose, right? Pittsburgh or Miami um, would have to lose. Right. And Jacksonville, I think, I believe Jacksonville has to beat the Titans mm. because I think Jacksonville has that last tiebreaker. So if the Patriots, that's right, that's right. Steelers, and Dolphins all lost, and the Jaguars mm-hmm. lost, mm-hmm. the Jaguars would still make the playoffs. That's right. Yeah, you're I right. believe. So it's um, you know, but I mean, like, whatever. Ultimately, another football. That one is weird, and I don't like it either. But I, I hate the blowing the Bills Bengals play. Obviously, that's not going to happen. So that one's out, and the NFC Wild Card happened. That is the stupidest one I've heard of. But the it's AC making it where the 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 next week would be the NFC wild card round and the bills Bengals game. So then like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the, the rest of the five AFC playoff teams are waiting for the bills Bengals to complete it. That's I mean, crazy. It's, it's the stupid. It was early talked about if the game was to get replayed. Luckily, I think that's out. The yeah. Eight seed thing doesn't totally bother me because then I do think it does make it looking at that being on the top of the division in the conference. It doesn't totally irk me because Bills, Chiefs, Bengals would then have to play some compilation of Patriots, Dolphins. Right. And you got to assume you're going to win that game. Like, against. If we can't win that game, what are we talking about? Why are we talking about home field advantage if we can't beat 
you know, Miami in Buffalo again, or Steelers right. in Buffalo. Like, what are we talking about? Or even here? the Patriots in Buffalo. Yeah, it's even like, the what? Patriots back to back weeks. If we can't get one of those wins really in a way, like what are right. we talking about here? Yeah. So um ultimately I don't hate that because then it does even it up and no one should be complaining and Chiefs would still have the one seed. They just have to go and beat New England or or right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see how that kind of all comes out the next few days. But um, but either way, I'm I'm happy that things were handled the way they were. So um, so, Kevin, before you before you go, just tell everyone where they can uh, for sure where they can read you you and you and hear you. I'm on at cover one podcast network. You can find me at Kevin Misery. Our show, the Going Deep Podcast, is Tuesdays at seven. Our, our network is great. We have like from Greg Thompson, you know, to you know Eric Turner, our founder, who does film breakdowns of you know not just Bills players. You'll see him, you know, breaking down so probably Mac Jones film and in others at, at any point. So really does do great in draft prospects, especially. So you really see you know some great work um, from our founder um, in our podcast network. But you can catch a litany of shows. We'll have guests, Patriots guests on all the time, Jets podcasters. Uh, so um, you can find us over at the Cover One Podcast Network. Um, and all my work is at Kevin Masseri. I'm a pretty active tweeter. That's where you can find the litany of my um, my comments, in-game live commentary. It isn't just pro Bills. It isn't just Bills are the best team ever to play the sport. Yeah. You'll see me um, actually be critical of certain plays and situations uh, in the game as well. Yeah. I I think you guys do a great job over there. I've had Greg, Greg and I met through the uh, locker room app back during, yeah. during quarantine. And, uh, and I thought, you know, you guys just do a great job over there. And like you said, it's not, it's not, you know, Bill's honks. It's, it's real football analysis, real talk. Um, and I think that that's great. I think you guys do a that's great right. job. Over there, so. If it's ever super pro bill, it's because we like the specific film and the way they're playing, but right. we'll give you, we'll give you that. We'll give you the hard hitting issues too. Like, you know, you know, some Dorsey issues or whatever happens yeah. too. So, uh, I and I think, and I think good guys, of course, uh, to, um, you know, to interact. I'd love the interaction on, on Twitter is great. And we go back and forth and give each other, each other crap sometimes, but the respect is there, which is great. So it's, it's yeah, awesome good guys to interact with too so and i appreciate you having me on pat thank you so much look forward to the rest of your uh, your episode too yeah of course i really appreciate it man thank you and uh we'll have to have you back on next yeah, year good. when uh when the bills come back or or maybe even next week who knows you never yeah, know we'll be in, we'll be in talk <laughs> over the next seven days for sure <laughs> so all right man we'll have a great appreciate night all right thanks for coming yeah, through you see you all right cool so that was great thanks for uh for kevin coming on i appreciate that i just have a few comments i want to make as well uh, and yes, Dark Blue Gold, I am incredibly pro Pats. Never criticize a team whatsoever, uh, ever, especially not Miles Bryant or Matt Patricia. Um, but uh, but before I get into this week in sports history, I just want to talk just briefly about fantasy football. Uh, this obviously isn't a fantasy football podcast, clearly. I play a ton of fantasy football. I'm a commissioner of a few leagues, of a few fantasy football leagues. It's difficult. It, this is a difficult situation. It's not easy. Okay. Um, Plain and simple. It's just not easy, right? And people said, oh, well, it's like the COVID years. And No, it's not. It's not like the COVID time, right? Because if it were like COVID, and if you knew on Saturday that Josh Allen and Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Stephon Diggs and Devin Singleton, if you knew all those guys weren't playing, you wouldn't have played them. And you might have had to pick someone else up but you at least would have gotten some points from those guys, right? My, one of the championship leagues that I, that I, uh, that I'm the commissioner of, right? The score wasn't very high, but it was the, the guy who was in the lead had Joe Burrow up like 10 points. The guy who was behind had Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Joe Mixon down 10 with those three guys. He had an 80% chance of winning that matchup. And then the game ends and he's still losing. And so now it's like, well, if they're not going to play that game, he just, he loses. So I, I think as an NFL, as as, NFL, as a fantasy football commissioner, your job is to do what's fair for everyone that's involved, right? And so I think for me, when I looked at that, I said, well, I'm going to split that. I'm going to split that 50-50, right? We have a third place prize, which by the way, I was fighting for the third place prize. I had T Higgins, um, I had T Higgins and he had Evan, uh, what's his name? The kicker. Uh, I forget. It doesn't matter what his last name is. Um, but he had the Bengals kicker, um, McPherson, Evan McPherson. That's it. So he had, uh, Evan McPherson. I had T Higgins. I was down like 15. So am I going to come back? Probably not, but I might've, 
T. Higgins has been known to put up 25, 30 point game. And if that happens, then I would have come in third. And so, but I probably wasn't going to win. But I said to the I said to the guy, and, and he agreed, like, let's eliminate the last place, let's eliminate the third place prize. It's only, I mean, it's a small money league, so it's not a big deal. But let's eliminate the third place prize and let's have the, the first two split right down the middle. This guy's winning now. The other guy's projected to win by, you know, a significant amount. And let's just split it. Right. And I think I think that that's fair, right? And and it's all about being fair. And I've heard crazy things. I've heard like, oh, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we're going to take these guys out and we're going to replace them this week. So Josh Allen, his points don't get calculated from week 17, but they get calculated from week 18. Joe Barrow, his And listen, if that's what your league decides on, that's okay. I have no problem with that, right? But like, don't just end it and be like, yeah, that's it, we're done. Like, I just... It doesn't sit right with me. Now, like in one of my leagues, I was in the championship game. I was up 0.1 points. I had Joe Barrow left. Well, I was already winning. So the game's over, right? Like we don't have to think about that one. It's I've won. It's fine. Whatever. You know, if I'm down by 0.1 in a Joe Barrow, well, like, yeah, the game sleeper might end and they might say you lost. And it's like, no, if no, no one in their right mind believes that Joe Barrow is not going to score more than 0.1 points. Right. So like, it's one of those things where, of course, you win in that situation. It's just like it is what it is, right? And so that's some of that stuff where you just want to try to be as fair as you possibly can in the in these situations. And I think that, that that ultimately is what matters the most, right? Try to be fair and try to do what's best for everyone in the league. Um, and so whatever that means. And that might mean different things to different, you know, to different, uh, to different leagues, right? And and there are different situations, and of course there are different players playing. The hard part is that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like the Jaguars versus I don't know the Colts or something like that, where there's not a ton of guys that are like in the championship game from those teams. You got, you know, some of the best fantasy players in football on those teams, right? Guys are in the championship because Josh Allen was their quarterback, like you know what I mean, like. And so if you stacked Bills and and Bengals players, you probably went pretty far, right? And so like, and so, yeah, okay, now you're in the championship game and then all of a sudden you just don't get their points. And three of your guys aren't playing and you don't get their points and you lose by 10. It seems like that's silly, you know? So, so anyway, so I, I just think, I think to, to be able to think outside of what, because of course they have to make their own decisions, right? Sleeper and ESPN and Yahoo and, you know, in CBS sports, they have to make a decision about everyone that's playing. And so they make a decision and that's their decision, but you run a league. It's your job to do what's best for everyone that's involved. Um, and so I think that that's one of those things that as the fantasy football commissioner, you, ha- that's what you have to do. Um, and so, you know, it, that's, that's kind of your job and that's what you take on. Okay. And so uh, that's just, I just wanted to say that because I think that's important. I think it's important. And, and I think, as I said, there's not one right answer. There's not like, oh, you need to do this. No, not necessarily. Like you could come up with some sort of creative way to do it. You could say, hey, we're going to take, we're going to wipe out week 17 and play week 18 again as week 17. I think that's kind of crazy, but you could, you could do that, right? If, if, if the people that are in those positions agree to it, you could do that. If that's what you want to do, I got no problem. Like it doesn't matter what it is that you do, but try to do what's fair for everyone that's involved. Um, and I think really that, that that's the thing that makes the most difference, right? And what's funny about it is that, like, if you were to do that, you might get, like, Derrick Henry back for a team. And you might get – so – and then maybe now someone ends up benefiting because you play Week 18 instead of Week 17. So those things are kind of, you know, are kind of there. But, again, do something that that the league agrees with and I think that the league is okay with, um, but also that that is best for everyone involved. Um and again, that's part of the responsibilities that you take on, in my opinion, as a commissioner, um, is that you have to do those things. And so, so anyways, that's just that's just my two cents on it. Um, you know, whatever. Do I know anything? I don't. I don't think it matters. I don't know if I know anything, but but whatever. You don't have to listen to me. And Dark Blue Gold says that his championship championship was uh, was settled on Sunday. That's good. So it wasn't mine, right? And so like you didn't have to worry about it. But if you do have to worry about it then that's, that's where it comes to. And I think, I think again, there's no right answer. I'm not telling you what to do and what not to do. I'm just saying try to be fair to your league and try to be fair to the people in your league, right? If someone's going to lose because they didn't have, like, for instance, a buddy of mine, 
big money league, down by 10 going into Monday night. Or down by, no, not not 10, down by like 5 going into Monday night. He had Joe Burrow and Devin Singletary. Burrow had 9 points when the game ended, right? He was already, he had already taken the lead when the game ended. And they have prizes for points as well. And he had tied the guy that was second in overall points for the year. And so that's a big payout too. Well, now CBS eliminated the those points. So now those points are gone. So now he's not in the lead anymore in the championship game. And he's also not in second place in points anymore, right? And so it's like, well, he obviously would have been in higher than second place points had the game, like had the rest of the game been played clearly, like you would have to think, right? But it's like, at the very least, you should put him back where he was when when the game ended, right? And so I think that that's just kind of common sense to me, but it's like doing what's best for everyone involved, right? And I think that that's, you know, it's an unprecedented situation, un- completely unprecedented. This is something we've never seen before. It's never happened before in fantasy football. It's never happened before in football. And again, I don't, it's not, it has nothing to do with COVID because in a COVID situation, yes, okay, maybe things got moved or whatever. They never canceled the game. They may have played it in a different week, but they didn't cancel a game. And I think that matters. Uh, that matters. And, and this is is an unprecedented situation. And again, your job is to do what's best for your players. Um, and, you know, sometimes that may not, people may not be happy about it because they might lose instead of winning. But it's like, well, if that's the fair thing to do, that's the fair thing to do. So. Anyways, I'm gonna get off my get off my soapbox. I do have a quick this week in sports history, and then and then we're out of here. Okay, here we go. And now for something we think you'll really like: this week in sports history. Okay, so two. I got two for you today. Um, the first one is from 19. Should I do? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 1931. The first woman to purchase a baseball team, Lucille Thomas, buys the Topeka Senators franchise in the Western League. Uh, Topeka Senators were a minor league baseball team, which became defunct probably, I don't know, three, four years later. But nevertheless, first woman to purchase a baseball team, Lucille Thomas. There you go, 1931. And uh, a less less bright one, uh, 1964 in the AFL Championship. Both of these, by the way, uh, were on... Today, which is January fifth, uh, nineteen sixty four, in the AF in the AFL championship game in San Diego, the San Diego Chargers beat your Boston Patriots fifty one to ten. Chargers running back Keith Lincoln had two hundred six yards rushing and two touchdowns. So, not a great ending to that game, but you know we'll see what happens. So, listen, lots of things could happen on Sunday. If the Patriots win, they're in. They win and they're in. If they lose. They might still be in. You know, if the Patriots lose, they might still be in. They need some help. Okay. Just so just so we're on just so we're on the same page. Oh, I'm sorry. One more. Dark blue gold. 1996 on this date. Don Shula declared his retirement. Um, so there you go. 1996, Don Shula declared his retirement. Um, so if the Patriots lose, if they win, they're in. We don't have to think about it. If the Patriots lose, assuming there's no eight seed. Okay, they need the Jaguars to win on Saturday and knock the Titans out of the playoffs. Jaguars win the South. They need the um, Steelers to lose to the Browns on Sunday at 1 o'clock. And they also need um, the, uh, who's the other team? I just said it, too. Um, the, uh, The Dolphins to lose to the Jets. So they need the Dolphins to lose, the Raiders to lose, and the Titans to lose. Those three teams need to lose. Um, because the Jaguars will get in if everyone loses. Everyone loses and the Jaguars lose. Jaguars are in. Um, and so, you know, the Patriots need, if they lose, that's the way it goes. And if we lose, it's a good question by Dark Blue Gold. If we lose, um, we're almost definitely going to play the Bills. Now, there is a possibility that if we win and the Bengals win, the Bengals get the two seed, the Bills will get the three seed, and we'd go to. Um, we'd go to Cincinnati instead. Now, the hard part here is that they would finish with the same record. So I don't know who has the tiebreaker. I'm not sure who has the tiebreaker between the Bills and the and the um, and the Bengals. Although I assume it's the Bengals because 
they're not saying the Bills have clinched the number two seed yet, right? Which is what would happen if there was a no contest played. So I assume if the Bills lose and the Bengals win, that the Bills uh, would end up being the two seed. Patriots would be the seven seed, and so they'd go to Cincinnati. So, um, but if the Patriots lose and and back in, then they'll be going to Buffalo again <laughs> in another week. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, and listen, if the season's over on Sunday, I think it's still been a productive season. I think it hasn't been great, um, but you know, we'll do. We'll we'll do we'll do uh, you know a you googly of the uh, of the 2022 Patriots if that happens uh, next week. So, anyways, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, listen, you know, go out and you know hug your loved ones and 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 appreciate every day. I think that's one of the things that we that you take away from this is that you never know. You just never know. Um, and so you know, appreciate the things that you have and the time that you have. And and I appreciate you guys. Um, for listening and, and, um, you know, and, and for being with us all year. So, so thank you. And, and, uh, hopefully the Patriots pull it out on Sunday. Uh, but either way, we'll be with you after the game on Sunday for our post game show, our instant reaction post game show as well. All right, guys. Thank you. And have a great night.